just going to share a message, probably for about 20 minutes, and then we'll uh, and then we'll uh, go out and uh, and celebrate with some food. But uh, being Resurrection Sunday, being um, one of the big one of the big weekends for for the Christian calendar, being Resurrection Sunday, I thought I'd speak on the resurrection. Does that sound like a good idea? <laughs> I don't know. I tossed it up. I don't know. Maybe resurrection. I don't know. Does it fit? I think it does. So. Uh, Romans 6, 4 to 5 says this in the Bible, New Testament, Romans chapter 6. Uh, you can have a look up on the screens. Therefore, everyone say therefore. We were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Everyone say newness of life. That was enthusiastic. (laughs) Everyone say, newness of life. For if we have been united together in likeness in his death, which is what Good Friday is all about, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So today I want to share about resurrection. You know, the word resurrection actually comes from the original Greek word Anastasia. Did you know that? So any Anastasias here today? It actually means, no Anastasias? (laughs) It actually means to stand up again or to rise again. And so the resurrection, the message of the resurrection is all about rising again. That we're empowered to stand up again after every defeat. After every disappointment, whenever we get knocked down, which life has a tendency to do sometimes, then through Jesus Christ there is a power to get up again, to keep going. That's the power of the resurrection. That's what Jesus promises. There was an old drinking song, apparently, (laughs) called, I get knocked down and I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. Does anyone know that song? Well, unbeknownst to the people that sing that song while they're drinking, they're actually singing about the Christian life. (laughs) I'm sure they're they're not aware of it, but the whole, I get knocked down, I get up again, you're never going to keep me down, I get knocked down. That's resurrection. That's the power that Jesus promises in this life and in the life to come that no matter what challenge, no matter what circumstance, no matter what difficulty that we face in life, whenever we get knocked down, that through Jesus Christ we are able to rise again. We're able to get up again. We're able to go forward again. We're able to stand up again through his power and through his resurrection in this life and in the life to come. And as the Bible says, when finally death does come to every person, which it will, at some point, then again, death will not hold us down. The promise has come, but there will be eternal life. We will rise again through the the resurrection of Jesus Christ to live for eternity with him. So it's resurrection in this life and resurrection in the life to come. That's the promise of Jesus. That's the, that's the good news, that no matter what we face, no matter, yeah, I think that's worth a, a clap, what do you think? No matter what happens in life, God loves to turn crucifixions into resurrections. 
He loves to take things that die. Hopes, dreams, desires that have maybe died, that have maybe been buried, that have maybe been let go of. And at some point, in some way, through the power of his resurrection, to take dead things and bring them back to life. That's the power of the gospel. That's the good news, that in Jesus Christ, there's always hope. There's always hope in Jesus. God loves to turn crucifixions into resurrections. Um, I want to just share a story in the gospel about a person who had been knocked down and through Jesus was able to get up again. In Luke chapter 13, we read a story. You may have read the story, you may not have read the story. But in Luke 13, it tells the story of a lady. And uh, if you've got your Bible, you can turn there to Luke 13, 10, but you'll need to turn quickly. Otherwise, you just read it up on the screen. It says this, he was teaching in one of the meeting places on the Sabbath, which was just the Sunday, the, well, it was Saturday for them, but the special religious day. There was a woman present, so twisted and bent over with arthritis that she couldn't even look up. She had been afflicted with this for 18 years. When Jesus saw her, he called over, woman, you're free. He laid hands on her and suddenly she was standing straight and tall, giving glory to God. I love this story. This is a story of resurrection. This is a story of someone who'd been bowed down through life, who'd been bent over through obviously a physical ailment and yet Jesus came into her life and brought resurrection. And it was in a meeting place just like this. It was a Sabbath. It was a religious service. People had come together just like Easter, just like we are here today in a meeting place and Jesus had come to teach. And there was probably hundreds, maybe even thousands of people gathered around in the meeting, outside, standing around because people had heard about this guy, Jesus, who was working miracles, who was preaching a message of freedom and hope and life and liberty. And people were gathering to hear this message. And so a lot of people would have been around, a lot of people crowding in. Wherever he went, crowds of people, the Bible said, came. But the first thing I want to look at in this message is it says there was a woman present, so twisted and bent over, she couldn't even look up. So in that crowd, if she was bent over and couldn't look up, She wasn't able to see Jesus. She could hear him, but she was in a place where there's probably crowds of people and she wasn't at the front. And so she was so bent over with the weight of her circumstances that she couldn't even lift her head to look up and see Jesus. And not only could she not see Jesus, but it's more than likely that that she was anonymous in the crowd as well. There was great excitement. People were there to see Jesus. There was, there was a hustle and a bustle and things were going on. And, and here's this woman bent over with an affliction, carrying a weight, and yet probably not even noticed by the crowd. Just, just anyone in the crowd walking around, hoping to hear something that she'd heard about Jesus. You know, so oftentimes we can go through life and difficulties or things that we've gone through, 
whether it be in childhood, in adolescence, or at some point in our life, in a relationship, where we're smiling on the outside, but on the inside, we're carrying something that is causing us to bend over, that we can't even look up because of, whether it be disappointment, whether it be a tragedy, whether it be grief, whether it be something on the inside that is causing us to bend, and no one knows about it. On the outside, we're smiling, we're walking around, but no one sees, no one knows about the things that we've had to deal with, the challenges that we've faced, or the hopelessness that we feel for our future, because no one sees, whether it be discouragement, grief, disappointment. We can't see hope in our future, or hope in the marriage, or, or hope in the life of our child or or hope in our career opportunities, hope in our educational situation. And we're we're unable to to look up. We feel bowed down by the weight of the things that we're carrying. Number one, she was bent over and she couldn't look up. Number two, it says she'd been afflicted for 18 years. 18 years is a long time. The older you get, it doesn't seem as long. There's probably people here who aren't even 18 years old. Or maybe you're one, two, or, or three, but 18 years is a long time. In fact, 18 years ago, the Spice Girls were the biggest band in the world. <laughs> I mean, that's a long time ago. Matchbox 20. I remember listening to Matchbox 20 in my car. That's 1997. That's 18 years ago. 18 years is a long time. And I'm sure she could think back to a time where, where she wasn't dealing with these, the, the weight that she was carrying, the disease that she had wasn't so bad. But that was a long time ago. And now she's in the midst of this thing that she carries with her every day and can't see that changing in the future. She'd been afflicted 18 years. You know, when you carry something for a long period of time, you sometimes get to the point where you go, you know what, I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to get used to this. I'm just going to have to deal with this. I'm just going to have to make it work. This is not going to go away. I'm just going to have to get used to it. And I'm sure this woman had said, you know what, I'm just going to have to get used to carrying this weight. I'm just going to have to get used to being bent down. I'm, I'm just going to have to get... It's been 18 years. Can it possibly change now? Point number three. It says, when Jesus saw her... I love these words. She couldn't see Jesus because she was bowed down, but the Bible says he saw her. I love that about Jesus. Although that she was just anyone in the crowd, they didn't notice her. She was just another person. But to Jesus, she wasn't just anyone. She was someone. He saw her in the crowd. His eyes didn't miss their mark. Although no one else saw her, Jesus saw her. And he didn't just see her physical deformity. He didn't just see her on the outside, but he, he saw her. Because the Bible says that Jesus was a man of compassion. In fact, compassion 
is the adjective that is used the most throughout the Gospels to describe what Jesus was like. And so he didn't just see her, he saw her hard, he saw her difficulty, he saw the challenges that she was facing and had faced, the the accumulated years of dealing with this difficulty, the years that have caused her to bow down, carrying the weight of the circumstances, of the challenges that she had. He saw her, he had compassion for her. That's the Jesus that we worship today. That's the Jesus that is here today. Not someone that just sees a crowd, just sees anyone, people passing by, but sees every person as a someone, knows your pain, knows your difficulties, knows your challenges, knows the highs and the lows, and is there. He sees you today. He sees you. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. He sees you. And he doesn't just see you sitting in the seat. He sees what you've had to deal with. He's seen what you've had to go through. He's seen what you've had to overcome. He sees you today. No matter who you are today, what problem you've faced, whatever's weighing you down, whatever's affected your life, whatever is challenging your future or the hope that you have in the future, Jesus sees it today. It doesn't go without his notice. Number four, not only did Jesus see her, it says that he called her over. Jesus is not a God who's removed from life, as some people may say, who maybe set the things in motion and then took a step back and just let things work itself out and doesn't matter what we have to deal with, doesn't matter what we have to face, you just got to roll your sleeves up you just got to work hard because you're the only one that's going to make it happen. You're the only one that can get you through. You're the only one. You're on your own. And you just put your nose to the grindstone. You put your elbow grease into it. You, If there's any other metaphors, what's another one, Andy? You're, uh, work your fingers to the bone. Do you have any more? Pedal to the metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that God's removed himself. That, that, yes, he was there and he created you, but he's not interested or whether he's not interested or not able to actually come down and work in your circumstances, in your life, in the realities of your day to day, that you just, he's left you to your own. That's not what the Bible tells us. That's not what this story tells us. It says not only did he see her, but he called her to himself. She couldn't reach out to him, so he reached out to her. I love that about Jesus. He called her. And I know it doesn't say this in the scriptures, but I believe that he called her by her name. I know, give me a bit of license here, that doesn't say that in the Scriptures, but it does say in the Scriptures, in Isaiah 43, speaking of Jesus, don't be afraid, I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you're in over your head, 
I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I'm God, your personal God. That's Jesus right there. And so although it doesn't say that she, he knew her name, I believe, as the scripture says, he calls us by name, I believe, he called her by name. He identified who she was. He was saying to her, I, the Messiah, this person, this God who's doing all these miracles, I know who you are. And he called her. Maybe her name was Anastasia. <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't say. But he, he called her, this Jesus, called out to her, who knew her name, who knew who she was. That same Jesus is the same Jesus who reaches out into our world, into our life, who knows you by name, who knows the circumstances of your life and calls you to himself. This Story, although it happened really, is also an example or a, or a metaphor or a, or a example. I think I said example twice then. <laughs> um, of our own life and our own circumstances with Jesus. That he calls us today. No matter where you're at, no matter what's going on in your world, no matter how far away from God you may be, no matter how far down you may feel that you've fallen, no matter how dark it seems maybe with what you're facing right now, Jesus calls you to himself. Why does he call you? And it says in number five, he called the woman to himself, and he said to her, woman, you're free. He laid hands on her and suddenly she was standing straight and tall, giving glory to God. Jesus calls, him, calls us to himself to set us free, to bring resurrection, to bring life, not just to have some kind of subservient um, um, Masses that will bow down and worship him and, and sing songs to him. You know, I, don't, I don't sing songs, I don't worship God, Jesus, because you know, it's what I have to do as a believer. I worship God and sing songs to him because of what he's done for me. Because of how he's changed my life and my circumstances. So Jesus doesn't call us to leave us the way we were. He calls us to lay hands on us and set us free, to take away the thing that is causing us to be bowed down, to take away the weight of circumstances that cause us to not even to be able to lift our heads, to maybe see a bright future or a bright horizon, to look up and see the sun that... that there's just something that is weighing us down, maybe something that we've done, maybe something that we should have done, maybe something that, that, that we regret or, or a circumstance that occurred that, that is there. Jesus says, I am going to take that away. And although the memory never fades, the power of it will be gone and resurrection life will flow into our being. That same resurrection power that Jesus demonstrated 
that went into that woman to set her free is the same resurrection power that is here today. That anyone who would answer the call, that that power, that resurrection power can set you free, can change your life, can open up a bright new future in this life and in the one to come by the power of his resurrection. That's what we celebrate here today. That's the power of Jesus' resurrection. That's the power of a life that was perfect and sinless, that went on a cross, laid in a tomb, was laid down, and then through the power of God stood up again. That's resurrection. That is resurrection. And no matter what you're facing here today, no matter how big the circumstances that you're dealing with, no matter how impossible the circumstance may see, no matter how large the challenge, I want to declare to you today that scripture in Isaiah that I just read, when you're in over your head, he said, I'll be there. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it's not going to be a dead end for you. It's not going to be the end because Jesus Christ is a God of resurrection. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. That's why we worship him. That's why we love him. That's why we follow him. That's why we obey him. Not out of religious obedience or tradition, but out of a love, a commitment, a dedication to a God who rose from the dead to set people free, change their lives, lift the burdens and the weights of life and give them a bright future in this life and in the one to come. That's good news. That is good news. So why don't we close our eyes here today.